Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hello, this is episode 45 of the Traveling Image Makers podcast and I'm your host, Ugo Che. I really love it when I can talk with a guest about photography in a way that is not just about getting the best pictures ever, but it's all about effecting real change in the world and helping people with photography. My conversation with this week's guest was all about giving. Kate Shevan Mulligan is a freelance travel photographer and photo educator from British Columbia, Canada. She has been working for years with uh, The Giving Lens, which is an organization that is dedicated to help communities in third world countries through photography. She's also working with Matador U to give people the education needed to become uh, proficient travel photographers and travel writers. Last but not least, she just gave birth to a beautiful baby. So we chatted at length about the joys of motherhood and the difficulties of being a travel photographer and catering to the needs of a young child. So there's a little bit of everything for everyone in this episode, and I'm sure you will all appreciate Kate's great personality and her insights on life. So without further ado, let me introduce Kate Siobhan Mulligan. And remember, you can find all the links for this episode at ttim.photo forward slash 45. Enjoy! So hello Kate, it's great to have you to have you on my show and it's great to, to talk to you again after a few maybe a couple of years since we last yeah. talked. And thank uh, you for having me. <laughs> it's great. How are you doing? Doing good, yeah. Doing good. And I I know that there's been many news since we talked last time, like you just uh, recently became a mom. So yeah, have a baby? pretty big news. I <laughs> do. Her name is Finley, uh, Aoife, and she's four months old. And yeah, it's probably been one of the biggest changes in my short uh, life so far. So big you, one. You, you said she's four months old. I'm, I'm asking because the, your voice came out a bit garbled when you were saying that. I apologize. No, it's not um, it's, oh, oh, We blame no. Skype. Yeah, no, we blame um, Facebook okay. <laughs> uh, uh, notifications popping up. Um, sorry, she's four months old this month. Yeah, yeah great, and great. so it's been a long uh, four months, <laughs> a lot of learning, um, you know, Lots of figuring it out. Yeah, just so many changes. And everyone, you know, gives you advice, but at the end of the day, you got to just figure it out for yourself and find your own feet so it's been a huge huge curve so far great i I know how it feels even though for me it's been a a few years since (laughs) i had a baby and i I would like to know how is this uh event happy event going to to impact your uh, your life as a travel photographer do you have a how are you, you going to adapt your travel plans to the needs of uh of a small human Right. We're thinking about this a lot as well. I'm, <laughs> my husband loves to travel too. I'm, I mean, there's kind of the tangible 
ways things will change. And then there's more, I think, just the mindset. So the, the tangible right now is that I'm breastfeeding. And so that means I can't be very far for very long. Um, and that's just a reality of certainly the next few months and possibly her first year. Everyone does it for different lengths of time. But that puts, uh, if I wanted to just pack up and go, we would have to make a lot of changes to um, how we are, you know, raising her right now. Um, so that's been, you know, a, a bit of a pill to swallow a little bit, just a tiny sense. Part of me is thinking, like, break out the formula. Let's get out of here. <laughs> been in one place too long. Um, and I, you know, for any moms listening, I have no problem with formula. But for now, we're breastfeeding, and that's just how it's going to be. I'm... Um, so that means the next year I'm going to stay pretty close to home. We've kind of uh, balanced that out by we've actually left a lot of things that are near us. We live in a beautiful part of the world in, in British Columbia. We've left them kind of unseen or we haven't gone back in years and years and years. Places like Portland and the Oregon coast, I'm, uh, Vancouver Island, even North BC and Inland or Banff. Uh, is not too far in Alberta. Um, we've lost kind of so much region we can get to by car, um, specifically for when we knowing that one day we'd have kids and this stuff would need to feel like a good adventure, even though it's not getting on a plane and it's not another language. Um, so we have lots of little road trips planned. And even just now, um, we sold our place in Vancouver and we've moved to Vancouver Island. And I'm born and raised in Vancouver, so that's a big change for me. Um, I've traveled a lot, but I've always come home. So we're now having an adventure on the island. I'm, it's quite large for people that don't know it, and exploring around and surfing and seeing new places and hikes and all of that. Um, so essentially, we're traveling locally at the moment yeah. um, and exploring those sites, which I think is a really good practice in um, not only as a traveler, but you know, everywhere you go, whether it's on a plane or you go by foot, is you know a journey and a new adventure and it is travel in a sense because it's not where you live necessarily i'm but also creatively to you know i don't photograph british columbia a lot i'm because i see other places as exotic and i see things away simple things street scenes and back alleys and um, just people in the street i see them as as, as I notice them because they're different to me. So learning to see these scenes in what's familiar, I think, is a really good creative exercise. Because, um, you know, what if I broke a leg and, or, you know, got cancer or something that grounded you to a place? You shouldn't have to give up, mm -hmm. you know, the photos you're making because you can't get on a plane. Um, and, uh, and so I'm finding that just a actually quite creatively freeing um so that's the more tangible side as far as the mindset you know when I was pregnant um I had a lot of people that maybe didn't know me very well just acquaintances or or even strangers uh, or people I haven't seen in a decade you know because of social media you can keep in touch saying you know with I'm sure the best interest but saying oh it's so good you already traveled as in full stop, period, that's the end of that story now. And, you know, I try to be gracious, but I strongly disagree. Uh, and it might just be I have amazing people in my life that are living very different lives from most. My best friend 
packed up everything and moved to Cambodia with a four-month-old. Um, and she still lives there now with now a three-year-old and a one-year-old. I'm, you know, I've had, I've got many friends like that in my life that pack up their kids and go. All you have to do is search like family travel and you see people all around the world doing it. Um, and while we have traveled, I've seen certainly many uh, Spanish families, Italian families, French families, British families on the road all together. Um, and, you know, I've been seeing that for 10 or 12 or 14 years since I started traveling. And that's slowly affirmed, you know, in my mindset that it's very much possible. I am, I think it's a distinctly North American thing that suddenly you throw down an anchor and you never leave again. Um, so I think it's just how you handle what you're going to need to do differently, but believing that it's possible and probably a little bit of work up front. Like, I don't know how to pack a bassinet or a child's bed and whatever, but, um, you know, I assume people can do it and it'll take a little research. And, and when we get somewhere, we probably won't move around as much. I think my days of jumping city to city are gone, but, uh, to go to a city for say several weeks and get one place and, and see that one place really, really well, I think that's still completely possible, especially as babies fly for free until they're two. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, there's something I experienced myself when I, as I said, I had a daughter and we we basically started traveling with her when she was uh, like three years old. Um, yeah. She was off diapers and everything, so she was just like right. a, a little adult with uh, yep. uh, her autonomy and uh, so on, didn't need constant care. So traveling yeah. was no issue at all, and and it becomes great in that you you start seeing the world through the eyes of the of the little ones, and it's uh, right. Uh, it's a completely different experience, so I'm sure you will uh, you will experience it as well. And meanwhile, I, so. I mean, as you said, you live in a beautiful part of the world, and you have the the opportunity to explore it more in depth that you that you ever did. And Absolutely, it's not like you yeah. are living uh, in the inner city of Detroit uh, where it's maybe it's not the most picturesque area of the world right um, uh, you maybe don't want to take a baby into the abandoned buildings no no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah yeah I agree I agree completely so I'm okay with it everything is is different but it's good and uh I'm not resentful I'm I'm really happy for all my friends that are are traveling and I'm happy to be at home with her right now I'm obviously at four months, things are changing like every day. Um, so it's exciting. And I think kids pick up a lot on your attitude towards things. So if Pete and I get really tense, Pete is my husband about, um, about traveling and we get frustrated or flustered or whatever, she, she picks up on that. Um, but if we strike out just kind of confidently, um, I think she'll follow suit. And I've seen a lot of kids that are just amazing with, flights and with jet lag and with like you said seeing a city with you know their kid eyes and what they're going to find interesting and um and all of that so i'm really looking forward to it we're thinking of taking a family trip before christmas like a tester um like maybe two weeks to a month probably three weeks in the end i'm somewhere not too far probably south so there's no big jet lag yeah, uh, like Mexico or El Salvador. I'm, uh, and see how it goes, and then yeah. um, gear up for maybe a longer trip in the new year. Great, great. 
And you also have some some work commitments uh, in uh, in the meanwhile. I do. I do. You do. So can you, you as I, as far as I know, you are working for a couple of organizations that I would like to to talk about, and one of them is the Giving Lens. Um, That's right. Can you can you tell us a bit what the what the Giving Lens is and uh, what you do there and what does the the organization do? Absolutely, one of my favorite topics. I'm the Giving Lens started by Colby Brown. I'm and we got things rolling in about 2011, 2012, and the idea was, uh, I mean, the seeds of it was. That sense of coming home from an amazing trip, Colby having traveled through uh, like Nepal and I'm uh, Bhutan and India and some you know poorer places, coming home from that feeling like you met these amazing people and you saw this amazing stuff, but you had nothing super tangible to give back in return <clears throat> and even intangible that you kind of literally take the pictures and you know, thank them, but you have to carry on and you get home and there's this bittersweetness of the memories and the people you met and these beautiful images, but a, a, a bit of a sense of helplessness about it. I'm, and even people that can't travel a ton will have this sense of, I really love photography. I want it to mean something though. Like I want to have meaning behind it. I want to use it as a tool to do something. And so that's really the seeds of where Giving Lens came from. What we do is rerun, uh, otherwise fairly normal looking travel photography workshops, meaning you fly somewhere um, uh, that's exotic, at least to everyone on the trip. Um, so we go places like Tanzania, Cuba, uh, Cambodia, um, Jordan, and many more. Mm -hmm. um, and we run a trip where photographers plan it. So we pick good times of day. We build an itinerary around photographic sites and opportunities um, and, uh, and people come to, you know, go through this country alongside, you know, two professional photographers and have that help there along the way and be taken to these amazing places at the right times, as opposed to a normal tour where it might be the middle of the day. Um, and, uh, and all of that. So that's like a similar to a lot of workshops. But what we do is we add in, uh, usually about two days, maybe three where we volunteer with a, a nonprofit, uh, or an NGO, so a humanitarian organization that's attempting to make good change in the country. Um, and we use photography as a tool to, geez, to empower, to document, to uh, inspire, especially we find with youth. Um, what that usually looks like is we do kind of a two-day workshop with basic point-and-shoot cameras where uh, we just do really simple lessons and we strike out and we shoot and, and, you know, kids go wild, whether they're little kids or they're teenagers or even like in Cuba, it's like 20-somethings. Um, they love it. It's, it's uh, creatively freeing. It's inspiring. It fosters a sense of uniqueness and originality and kind of this, this is how I see the world and I'm uh, you know, unique or one of a kind. Uh, and through that, then like a sense of pride, um, all this really good stuff can come from a camera, which is at least as far as point and shoots go, they're, they're cheap to get, they're cheap to maintain, you know, they charge in the wall and you can take all the photos you want, assuming, you know, you keep the best ones and delete the rest. Um, and it's instant. They see it immediately on the back of the camera. So mm -hmm. this is really inspiring to a lot of communities. Um, 
and you know, it's funny, there are camera phones everywhere now that we go. I remember being in like a Maasai village and a little child was looking at the back of my camera and trying to swipe to the right. And I was like, oh, it's my camera is, isn't the touch screen. You can't swipe <laughs> to the right. But it's like a three-year-old in the middle of nowhere, um, to me anyway, the middle of nowhere, uh, trying to swipe right. And I'm thinking like, man, technology is in every corner of the world now. But when you actually sit down and do a workshop that you talk it through and you set out with you know cameras with a point and a purpose and a project, um, it changes. And we're not trying to make the next great photographer. We're trying to just inspire, really. Uh, and it's a fantastic tool for that. Along the way, we document the NGO's work. We donate back some of those images so they can update their website or share on social media. And really the final point of it all is we, uh, we share a good chunk of our profits after the trip back to the NGO that we partnered with. Um, and that's how it looks. And, you know, it's not all um, – it's not like we're a bunch of martyrs giving up two or three days of our trip. Uh, we find working with the nonprofits opens up a very more authentic side of the country, a very unique door opens into real people and real lives. Um, and these kind of much more, uh, just, I don't want to keep saying the word unique, but you know, yeah. harder to reach as a normal tourist, certainly to go into these neighborhoods and be welcomed in a lot of people with travel photography feel like they're very shut off from the people or they're bothering them. Either they're nervous to ask or they're in a neighborhood that just sees, <clears throat> excuse me, sees too many tourists and, uh, and doesn't want anything to do with it anymore. Um, because a lot of people do just barge in with a lens and, and have little regard for, you know, people's private lives. Yeah. Sensitivities um, and so on, yeah. Absolutely, which is a lot about what we teach uh, as we're doing the nonprofit work. But as we do our, our trip as a whole, we teach a lot about the ethics of travel photography, um, you know, how to handle different situations, how to make those ethical judgment calls when you're on your own, um, things like that, uh, how to be just a more responsible traveler in every sense of the word. So people also walk away with amazing photos from the nonprofit work that uh, most tourists otherwise really couldn't get their hands on unless unless you know what you're doing and, and you have experience with nonprofit and being respectful in poorer communities and um, and uh, and neighborhoods outside of the normal tourist track. Uh, some people certainly do, but we find most people coming with us um, don't and they and they get a lot out of that experience on many, many levels. Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, it's uh you're giving something back, you're making a positive impact. Uh, but the people who come in your tours, I believe they will be really enriched by the experience more than they would by just taking pictures and bringing them home and tasting great food, which is sometimes all the, <laughs> <laughs> all the photographic tours are about. Yeah, great. So I had actually a good list of questions about uh, the given lens, but... You basically answered them all already. <laughs> so thank you. It was Sorry, very, very. I talk about it a lot. It's, uh, it's great. I mean, you you saved me a lot of work. <laughs> to, <laughs> sometimes with guests, it's difficult to to get them to to talk, and you just uh, explain it very, very well. And uh, just need to to maybe if you want to uh, list a bit of the um, some of the destinations that you. Uh, the, that the Giving Alliance is going to organize oh, uh, workshops and, and tours next? 
Yeah, um, uh, we are heading to Cambodia in December. I know there's still uh, someone canceled, so I know there's at least one spot left, maybe two, or that opened. We're going to Cuba in December, which we only announced recently as a surprise kind of final trip to the year, and that's with Colby Brown. He only leads about one trip a year with us mm -hmm. at this point. Uh, as you probably know, he's a pretty busy guy. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really cool, Cuba. Uh, amazing. And that's uh, still recruiting. So that's open right now. Um, we'll probably return to Cuba again in the very early new year just because we have a good thing going. And we want to get as many people in there before all the flights open up mm -hmm. from America. And, uh, and you know what? Cuba is going to change for the better and maybe you know it's going to change for worse i'm using quotations on my end um for the tourists but at any rate however it changes we're trying to get people in before that big shift at the very least before suddenly every uh accommodation in the city is full <laughs> every day of the year because there's going to be a wave coming in um so we'll probably return to cuba february or, or march um in the spring, we have Peru, which is a really wonderful trip. It includes Machu Picchu uh, as well in that destination. And um, I'm currently working on bringing back our Thailand trip, which we took a year break from. And I know we're going to do, we're going to launch our very first video trip. So actually, instead of photography, we're going to do videography and filming and documentary filmmaking um, in Nicaragua. So that's really exciting. It's a, it's a territory we haven't broken into before, but I think uh, the idea is the end result will be a documentary kind of on the nonprofit, um, which our Nicaragua nonprofit partner, Empowerment International, really deserves. They're doing amazing work, and they have a very established photo uh, club already. They sell prints and everything. So they're a great partner to try this out with. Next summer, I know we're going to return to Tanzania, which we also took a year break from. We try not to do necessarily every trip every year, just so that we can make room for new countries. Um, and in the fall, I'm going to try to bring back India, which we did once, and it was amazing, but it is, you know, an intense country. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to just revamp how we're going to tackle it, but I think we're going to bring that back for the fall. There's lots more always on the horizon we have the best of intentions to get pretty much everywhere um but those are the ones i can say with pretty good certainty we're heading heading back to great so people just have to pick their favorite destination and then uh head to your website which happens to be givinglens.com great so we'll put links in the in the show notes anyway but it's uh yeah. you, you you gave it a great introduction so i'm sure people oh, well, will, will want to to know more now at this point it's really special. Uh, I hope they will. Uh, some of our listeners will want to come on a on a tour with the Given Lens. Um, awesome. You also mentioned learning earlier, I think, and your other activities uh, concerned with uh, learning and education. Can you tell us uh, what it's all about? Absolutely. I work for a website called Matador Network. They're one of the largest uh, travel-based uh, or internet-based travel sites. Uh, and magazines or yeah, I'm not sure the category it falls under, but in terms of ranking, I think we come back at seventh when you Google something travel related. So we're up there with Yahoo and, um, Yahoo travel and not geo and all of that stuff. 
uh, Lonely Planet. So they're a huge site. And what we've done, what they've been doing for years and years is uh, kind of a back end to Matador called Matador U. Um, and it's an online school. And I think a year or two ago, we, we went in and revamped all the courses. So I'll just talk about how they are now, which is I personally, uh, along with Colby Brown again, we're just we're just partners <laughs> in, in a number of different areas. I've actually known Colby since I was uh, born, maybe three. <laughs> um, long time friends. How, how, uh, how did we, it happen? I think he was uh, he's, doing, <laughs> he's from Denver, Colorado. So his, his his mom is actually from Vancouver. Oh, I see. British <laughs> Columbia, and his. Uh, but I believe his mom and my mom. Both were pregnant together in actually San Francisco uh -huh. uh, with my older brother and just been family friends ever since. I see. Um, yeah. So okay, known so, him yeah. forever. So we have Giving Lens and then we also at Matador, we collaborated to rewrite the photography course and we broke it into a fundamentals of travel photography and an advanced uh, travel photography course. So two different courses inside the U. Uh, they also... Yeah. No, go ahead. Well, <laughs> I, I wanted okay. to ask, uh, uh, how would you classify travel photography specifically? I mean, what, what is a travel photography course about? Because I, I understand great, what, what a photography question. course is. So you learn <laughs> exposure, aperture, shutter speed, composition, so post-processing. Yeah. That is a lot of the fundamental course. People sign up because they're out searching the internet for travel photography, but Uh, about 80% of the fundamentals course is understanding your camera. You can't do anything till you understand your camera and you understand exposure and light and metering and different focus modes and uh, a lot of those basic settings. Um, and so the idea really is to get people, uh, and a lot of people come in having only ever shot on auto or program, and we want them to leave the fundamentals, you know, with at least experimenting with manual and pretty close, if not, comfortable shooting on manual by the end and making all of those choices. Um, so a lot of those chapters are about that. Um, but threaded through the whole thing is linking back just to how that relates to travel photography. So why is it important to, uh, to be able to act quickly? Like, well, when you're traveling, things can be around the next corner and you need to know quickly what you're going to do. And uh, how are you going to make a composition that is, you know, different from what a million other people have made when you go to somewhere like Venice, maybe that, you know, people are pouring into day in and day out. Um, what are you going to do differently? What creative choices are you going to make to make a unique composition, but also just making a good exposure to begin with and then mm -hmm. making creative choices on top of that. Um, we have a chapter just dedicated to genres. So a lot of people just shoot the one thing that they like to shoot. Uh, nine times out of 10, I find that as landscapes. And we push them to try portraiture, night photography, macro, wildlife, um, uh, or something that's moving, you know, to, to photograph something fast and something slow and play with long exposure um, uh, and on and on. Because at the end of the day, If you're trying to sell a travel story, um, you need a variety of, of photos. It can't you, you know, maybe you can sell 10 amazing landscapes from Iceland because Iceland has enough of those um, uh, amazing landscapes to make a story from. But most places, 
you're going to want the variety. You're going to want to make a landscape, but you're going to need to put in people and details and street scenes and just for more tangible variety, like a sunset shot or a nighttime shot or a, a shot with movement in it and blur. Um, and by combining all of that, you're going to make a much more well-rounded travel story um, than just the same static shots that everyone's already seen, the postcard shots. Mm -hmm. um, so that's woven in there uh, through the whole course. But really, Fundamentals ends with making an online portfolio um, of your best travel shots and trying to get you to shoot on manual. And through that is just kind of under the the roof of the idea you're going to take this traveling and how that's going to relate when you are traveling. The advanced course is much more hands-on. We talk about um, the business of travel photography. So what's it going to take to start up a blog? What is needed on social media? Um, how to get your pictures from, you know, pretty good to a whole other level where they're really going to stand out. Uh, we do advanced composition, advanced metering, and woven through all that comes back this idea of storytelling mm -hmm. so you you pitch a story in the beginning and you work on it through the course you have to present that story at the end with a formal pitch to matador with all the stories with captions photographers struggle so much with captions um and you know what a, a great photo is amazing but if you really want to be competitive and be published uh and even just to ignite your social media sharing a meaningful and interesting and well-written backstory to a photo um, can really, really elevate it. I'm, uh, that, that's something so, that I really, um, I'm really interested in. We had a, on yeah. this show at least a couple of episodes and I can just quote uh, uh, number 37 with Laurie Allen or 21 with Lance Yenertson that were all uh, about yeah. travel writing. Um, which I believe is uh, incredibly important nowadays uh, if you want your your work to be published and uh, yeah. combine pictures and words works yeah. uh, much. It can't just be like, oh, this is, you know, the waterfall in Iceland yeah. and this is, you know, the tower in Rome. Like you need story, you need people, you need depth, you need all the stuff that you can't see just from looking at the picture. I can see that this is a waterfall in Iceland, but like, what's the history of it? Why are you there? How did you get there? Who else is there? What's it like to be there? What, you know, the, the sensory, like, you know, is like salt water spraying in your face. What's happening while you're in this place um, that I can't just see from looking at the picture. Uh, and especially when you're going to make a story and include maybe like a detail shot, um, like just someone's, uh, hands, maybe. I love mm -hmm. to photograph hands because hands are hardworking in most of the world. I'm Just a shot of hands, it might be really, really pretty, but if you can tell me who this person was, why did you choose to shoot their hands, what was their story, and weave that in, you elevate that picture to just this whole other level because it's all the stuff you never could have known just from looking at the picture. And that can, you know, that can like bring people to tears if you do it well. They had no idea. They see a pretty picture. They read the story and like, oh, there's a Latin word called uh, punctum. Mm -hmm. And it means puncture. And it's like to the heart. Like, oh, that like ache in your chest of like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like something just mm, right there, that intangible ache. Uh, you can do that when you add a story to a photo. Um, and uh, yeah, so... Uh, the advanced focuses on all of those uh, hands-on stuff, 
like composition and compiling pictures and the business end of things and how to write an invoice um, and whatnot, but also woven into the idea of travel storytelling, not just one picture, but a series from a place and bringing them together in a way that is going to be unique and impactful and, uh, and really wow, you know, an editor somewhere when you go to present it. Okay, great. Again, you just put it all out and uh, (laughs) (laughs) now everybody knows all that 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 there is to know about Matador. Uh, You just need to, again, uh, uh, point us to the website, which is... um, Matador U, capital U, MatadorU.com. Great. Okay, we'll put a link to that as well in the, in the show notes. And uh, we are about at the end of our conversation. I know I would love to uh, to talk with you for much longer because you have such so many great <laughs> things to tell. So, but we will have to to wrap it up anyway. Before we do, is there anything anything else you would like to add? Um, I uh, no, yep. that was a lot. I don't know what else I could include. I'll be bouncing around for Sony, giving uh, uh-huh. talks in different cities. So I don't know. I guess those are usually up on my social. If you, anyone is in uh, Canada and maybe wants to, you pop are out. Uh, what's that? A Sony ambassador? How do you call it? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I go to different uh, photo events and give, along with uh, people from Fuji and Canon and all of that, we give our different, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. slideshow presentations or whatever on uh on different things usually i'm sometimes i'm talking just about sony but always under the umbrella of um of uh photography and then sometimes i'm just or, so under obviously under the realm of photography under the umbrella of travel photography yep. and then sometimes i um i am uh just talking about travel photography with how sony but it's, uh, I mean, it's it's uh, it's perfectly okay to to give a shout out to those brands that um, empower and support photographers like you to to make a better job. So, thanks to Sony for for this as well. Oh, absolutely! And All right. Well, where can people go to find more about you personally online? Yeah, it's KateShavonPhotography.com. And again, well, I know it's a mouthful. Yeah, we'll link to that. It's easier then. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, so great. It was uh, great to to connect again with you. And uh, what can I say? All the all the best for your family, for you and your family, and your future trips, whether they are near or far. And, uh, all right. Up, keep up the good work. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks. Bye. Great to talk to you. It goes too fast. <laughs> Ciao. Ciao. What can I say? Wow. Kate puts so much energy and enthusiasm in everything she does that uh, conversing with her is always such a pleasure and so inspiring. My guest for next week, Soraya Cortaville, is a travel and portrait photographer from the UK. And she's uh, just as uh, inspiring and engaging and energetic as uh, Kate is, so I'm sure you will love her as well. You will uh, be able to find an episode at ttim.photo, our website, in a week from now that is October 18 2016 I hope you will enjoy and stay tuned thank you